Yo, yo, what's up? This is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And in this episode, I have a special guest for you. It is John Montero, the Dominican-born point guard who played this past season with Overtime Elite. And in this episode, we cover his journey from the Dominican Republic to the NBA draft, his time in Gran Canaria, Spain, and how COVID impacted his decision to come to the United States to play for Overtime. Stay tuned. Before we get into the interview, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I really, really appreciate it. All right, here is John Montero. Yo, yo, what's up? It's Rafael, NBA Big Board here. I got John Montero. What's up, man? Thank you for for making this happen. Thank you. All right, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I had mentioned it to you off camera. My first time watching you play was at Basketball at Our Borders in 2020. I thought you were the best player there and uh, you didn't win MVP. And so it, I was such a fan that I had told this agent, I was like, man, this kid's an NBA player. He said, nah, he's too small, I don't know. So he asked me to make a video about you and convince him that you were an NBA player. So on one hand, I feel like vindicated that I was right. <laughs> he was wrong. So tell me about your journey. So you're from the Dominican Republic, a country more known for baseball. Exactly. And uh, here you are, weeks away from the NBA draft. How did you get started playing basketball? Well, my name is Yamuntero. I'm from Dominican Republic, as you say. And, you know, Dominican is a baseball player place, so a lot of people play baseball just for, for fun and stuff. And me growing up, watching a lot of people playing basketball, and I was, I was staying, I mean, I live um like right right in the corner of basketball court so mm-hmm. and I started I started in a, in a basketball like school and you know watching a lot of people um watching a lot of guys playing basketball just give me so much like love for the game and as I, as I've been saying a lot of in a lot of interviews man watching Kobe on uh, 2010 mm, championship against Boston it, it brings me out, like, you know, I want to I wanna do, I want to play basketball, I want to, you know, and just have fun. Yeah. Yeah, man, your, your story's interesting because, if I remember correctly, you, you came from the DR, but then you played in the EYBL for one summer, correct? Yeah. And you, did you lead the 15s in scoring? Yeah, sure. I think <laughs> I lived um, points and assists and also steals. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that because I feel like a lot of people... <laughs> put you in a box as a scorer, yeah. but you definitely a creative passer. So how did you end up playing for Grand Canaria? Um, well, it was, you know, I remember playing for the national team 2019 in Brazil. Um, as, as, as you know, I don't know if you know about that tournament, FIBA, mm-hmm. U16. Yeah. You know, I go off, man, I receive a lot of uh, offer from you um, universities and you know also um, play to play overseas and stuff, mm-hmm. man. And just me and my family decided to go play overseas, you know. And because I I always love to play against grown men. I love mm-hmm. I was because I grew up playing against people who was born into um 1999. So you mm-hmm. know yeah. So 
that's um, four years older than me. So, man, just play overseas. It always was a dream. Play professional me at a young age. I was the, the youngest players in the team, so I just got to play basketball and have fun, man. Yep. So I, I remember watching that tournament, and uh, and I think when I was breaking down that video to show that agent you were pro, I had to find footage from from there, and I had to show it to him. And we, because we sat and watched you at the basketball without borders. Josh Giddy was there. Um, um, the guy that Boston drafted last year was there. Primo uh, too. Oh yeah, Primo was there, and I. I felt like you were the, the, the best player there. And so he kept saying, ah, he's too small. So when I made the video, I ended up having to pull footage from the, from the U16s. So when you got to, to Spain, well, technically, so for those of you that don't know, Gran Canaria is like in Spain. And I found this out recently, but it's really in Africa. It's, yeah, like, it's like right there in Africa. Yeah, a lot of people told me that. I, I didn't know that, and I, I'm a guy that loves geography, and I was in Spain this year, and I said, I'm, I'm going to go take a trip to Gran Canaria, because I, I forgot the name of the big tournament, and I'm sure you've played in it. It's the big tournament. It's in That's, no, November. It takes place on November, something yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got, I, Global Gym. Yes, Global yes, Gym, yes. Yeah. So I was planning on going there, and I looked at the map. I was like, this is, this is Africa. <laughs> yeah. So how was the adjustment playing in one, leaving your country at such a young age. How old were you, like 16? Yeah, I was 16. Man, it was really easy to me. I ain't gonna lie, because, you know, I used to play with a national team. So, you know, FIBA basketball is kind of like European basketball. Yep. So I grew up, like, I started playing for the national team when I was 12. So okay. I was getting, like, you know, those seasons and program, like, uh, professional uh, basketball team. So... When I, I remember doing an interview and somebody asked me, like, what are you going to do when you get Spain? So, because Spain is a different word. Spain is a different um, word of basketball. So, yep. I remember saying, like, man, I want, as soon as I get there, I want to be the best player on my team. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, just to me going there and meeting the, my teammates and stuff, I say, it's going to be really easy to me because, mm -hmm. you know, I got too much love for this game. And just um, during practice, I remember, like, thinking about it. I'm I thinking about what I said in the interview. And I just did my work, man. I just had fun and become the best player on my team, um, Les Silver. So, yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah, man, I just um, said I've watched a lot of your film. And I, I was actually shocked that you, you came over to the States to play for Overtime Elite. And you were kind of like the face of Overtime Elite. Like you were the, the big marquee name, at least to me. I mean, maybe some of the people that only know the American players didn't know you. And uh, how was that experience? Uh, Overtime Elite for me. Um, I, I really, it was a really risk uh, decision, you know, because Overtime was new. I was playing overseas, mm -hmm. Roman, Dan come here and play with um, high school in prayer. So it was risk. But I, for me and my family, really was because I really want to come back in the United States and really work how as American mm -hmm. and, you know, get that work ethic. And because and I want to I wanna improve my English too. Mm -hmm. really, and I want to be close to my family. You know, Spanish is like nine hours from my family, yep. away six hours ahead of, of the time of DR. So... And I was a uh, really young kid. I, I turned pro 
hasn't seen your soul. So being out of my family, hasn't seen that that far. It really hit me sometime and more in the pandemic time. So you know, mm -hmm. I was there. I was stuck in Spain. Oh, so stuck there. Yeah, I was okay, stuck wow. in Spain. And I wasn't. I wasn't able to see my family. So I say, no, I want to be with my family. I want to be closer to my family. So every time you give me the opportunity to be there with them, and I just took it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I, I think it's impressive because I'm looking back at most 16-year-olds. They struggle with going to a different state. Like you went to another country that was clear across the world. Yeah. Were, you, were you there by yourself? Yeah, I was. So that's, that's even tougher. So I, I think it kind of makes you a lot more mature than a lot of your peers. And um, I mean, it's definitely prepared you because the international game is totally different. I feel like you probably learned how to play the quote-unquote right way. Mm -hmm. And then you, you came back here to the States. Obviously, you were closer. Then you had to learn to play like the American style, which is more similar to what the NBA is like. Now, it was a risk to play for overtime because nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what to expect. And I felt like the overtime elite season was a success. Do you think that you were kind of under the radar in a sense because the games weren't as, I mean, they weren't on TV like they were mm -hmm. if you were in college. Do you feel like people still don't know who you are? Mm, yeah, I think so. Some somebody don't know who am I. So uh, also when I'm scrolling down in the comments, like when somebody tagged me on it, on IG, uh, I'll see who's who's that guy, who's who's Montero. So I just want to be able to show the people who I am, who I'm coming from, and and you know, just for me, it's a challenge, man. And I and I. I I learned a lot in overtime, mm -hmm. not not just in basketball wise, but also in the personal life. So you know, coming from Spain with Roman, being a pro, so coming here and teaching those guys how to be a pro, how to you know those pro habits and stuff. Yeah. So it really, it really um, impact me. So because I got to become the leader of my team, I got to become yeah. the leader of those young guys. So. I really learned in overtime, even though he wasn't in the basketball wise or whatever, but I really learned how to be a, a leader know, in a sense, because exactly. you, you've been there before. You've exactly. been a pro. Man, I am really enjoying this interview and I, I have so many more questions I want to ask. But before I get into those, to those questions, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest odds, news and sports development, including this year's playoffs. NBA playoffs, I should say, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So do you think the, the Nike Hoop Summit was like kind of like your coming out party for those that didn't know who you were? Exactly. Um, I remember having a conversation with my dad because I wasn't sure going there. So, you know, because um, it was it was against we high school because I decided when I when the season ended in overtime, I decided like just to prepare me for the draft, even mm -hmm. though, you know, just going to the draft. Um, but when I received the, the invitations, um, I say, at first I say, well, man, I don't know. I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure. I got to think about it. And I took like a week, two weeks. Um, and my dad said, if you're not sure, I don't know. 
Because mm -hmm. he knows me so well. So I remember he told me, like, if you're not sure, I'm, I, I'm putting some down on you. You're going to do well because you, you, you sh you're not sure about what you, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, saying, Dad, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm going to do great because I know, for real. Yeah. And just did what I do. And have fun over there, man. Yeah, man, I, I thought you played well. Um, speaking of your dad, I met your dad in Chicago, 2020. Yeah. He was with you. Yeah, for sure. And so I had, I even told him, I said, hey, man, your, your, your son is, your son is going to be special. And of course, you know, as a dad, he's just like, kind of, thank you. But does he speak English? No. Okay. That, <laughs> he, he didn't understand what I said. He just kind of, he kind of nodded. So, um, like, what is, what's a typical day like for you right now as you're preparing for the draft? We're here in Dallas and, um. You've, I've seen you work out once, and so what, what's a typical day like for you? Well, you mean just woke up, like, you know, 89, going to the gym, work out, lift in, and just get back, rest a little bit. Sometimes I got um, another session in the night, sometimes mm -hmm. not, and just lock in and into this process, just enjoy the process and to, to accomplish my dream, so. Yep. Do um, you feel like people are still don't believe like you feel like people are looking at you saying you're small you yeah. you know I, i've seen all the comments but oh he's small he doesn't do this he doesn't do that and you're one of those guys that i feel like when the game is on it doesn't matter like what like you know they say you may not be like this super crazy explosive yeah. athlete yeah. but i haven't seen anyone be able to stay in front of you right so like what are you looking to prove in, in your workouts I mean, just my, um, my defense. That's one thing. Still, people, like yeah, you, people don't <laughs> don't really know, um, on my decent my defense aspect. So yeah, my defense and just you know, continue to improve, improving every time. On um, just competing against those guys and do what I do, man. I'm not. I mean, I know people don't believe sometimes in me on uh, like, cause I'm skinny. I'm sure. I don't have that athleticism like some American stuff. And, but I really got some of the great teams that they don't got. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's what made me special. So I don't have friends, no, nobody, nobody in the court. Between those linemen, I'm just me. And I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't care if you like 6'9", 6'10", I'm going at you. Because, I, I mean, I've been in this game, into the game since I was like 9, 10 years old. So. Mm -hmm. Why I gotta be afraid of you? You just uh, taller than me. Yep. Here's something. Sense me. Yep, I, I agree. Here's something. I, I, it's kind of funny to me. Even though you're skinny, you like to play bully ball. I, I seen you playing pickup Friday. And you had a guy. You going. You going right through him. Yeah. So I think you're stronger than you look. I think people underestimate how strong you are. Um, is that is that a true assumption? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I, even um. <laughs> It's funny because I, I always was telling the lifting guy in overtime because he told me you're strong, how, but you don't you don't look like, yeah. like you're strong, you know. And I said, man, I can I can do whatever in here. I remember talking to him in the weight room. I can do whatever. You can put me, you know, matter what weights on, and I would do it. So yeah, I remember people. But well, that's it. That's that's people's. People's comments, so, you yeah. know, I don't got to care about it. And I'm just me, like I say. I'm just me, I'm John, and I'm going to do me. 
yeah, I was like, either this dude is stronger than he looks or he just tough. Because, yeah. I mean, you will, if you got a guard that's your size, it's kind of like you feel disrespected, like, I'm going I'm to run right through you. Mm-hmm. If he, I mean, of course, you can beat guys off the dribble, but I've seen you just kind of, like, power through guys. What, what are you working on, like, between now and, and the draft? Like, what is the area that you're looking to improve on to show teams that, that you can do? Mm, really, it's my shooting right now, mm-hmm. my shooting and my body, you yep. know. Because um, I want to be a consistent shooting. I want to shoot well. I want to shoot right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a point guard. So when I come in off the off the dribble, off the pick and roll, so I can I I want to be able to shoot well. You know, and he does shot. Yep. Real. So I think when I watch your film, I think of you more as a scorer than shooter, because um, obviously you can shoot the ball, but you like the mid range pull up. Is that your favorite? Is that your favorite? Like it's the, not my favorite, but really, mm, yeah. Is it your go to? Exactly. Okay. But, you know. Coming off the pick and roll, sometimes that's the only option you got. Because mm-hmm. um, when it when the beat comes out or he he stay down, you can you can mm-hmm. shoot. But when he's come up, you can pass or go to rim, man. You know, and a lot I love I love play off the pick and roll. I yeah. I know I I've, I've watched your film. Right. And uh, all right, here's a question for you: Are you a better scorer or passer? Mm, I don't know what to say on that question, man. Yeah, it was a tough question. I, yeah. I was preparing. It just depends on, because um, I tell you what the what what the games give me. So you know, sometimes I can come up the brick and roll, and the beat helps. I pass, because I'm not I'm not a uh, selfie player. So you know, and but I don't know on that question what to answer. Because I feel like you do both well, but when I talk to people about you, they think of the scoring. They yeah. think of the big numbers that you put up. But I'm like, if you really watch the film, man, you. Passing the ball, yeah. and then you're a way better. I mean, we talked about a little bit better defender than what people give you credit for. I just think people look at you and say he's small, he can't defend. And you know what? Sometimes I just take a risk and be reaching people. That's why I can sometimes can't be in front of um, um, of the offensive because I, I take a risk and be gamble, and mm-hmm. like reaching out, trying to steal the ball, and that's why people go by me. But when I decide just to stay in front of you, I don't think you can. You can be like C six, C seven, and you you won't be able to pass over me. Yeah, and I, like I said, I've watched your film, and I know you collect a lot of steals. Sometimes it's because you gamble, but it's like you you have a high IQ of just knowing where the ball is going. You get a lot of steals, and you're like a great rebounder. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many rebounds did you average this year? Like, this year, like nine, nine eight, eight like rebounds. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you can't look at you because you don't pass. I always say you don't pass the eye test. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you're not 6'5". You don't have crazy muscles. You're not playing above the rim. So I think a lot of people can underestimate you. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at the numbers, no matter what league you've played in, you've rebounded better than Yeah, bigs. some people say, nah, you take nine rebounds because you played at overtime. I did the same thing in Spain, right. so what were you going to say about it? Because people are watching. Yeah. You know, people don't watch. <laughs> and yeah, I, I've watched, and I, like I said, I've been following since since Basketball Out Borders, then I did the research, yeah. and I saw, but every level has been the same, from EYBL buckets yeah. to the under-16 buckets. You go to Spain... And, of course, the game is different, so you're not scoring 30. Yeah. But, yeah, it, I think you show more passing in Spain. That's why I become more like a playmaker. 
Okay. Point guard. I had a friend that told me that he played high level college and he said he didn't learn how to make plays and pass the ball until he went to Europe. All right, before I get into the next round of questions, I have to talk to you about Rock Auto. And that is because with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it is like literally impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car needs. So there's no need for you to just go through the pointless questioning of what is the exact model of your car and wait for some person behind the desk sits there and orders the same parts that you can order from your phone on their computer because all you need is access to rockauto.com and you can get the same parts for significantly cheaper. You can save time and money with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, and even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can get them at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for each and every customer. They have everything your car can need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that are available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So tell me about the difference between playing in Spain or Africa <laughs> and overtime elite. Um, well, you obviously know, the difference between the age, but what was like the um, difference in style of play? It's, it's just the game seasons. You know, Americans play like um, like up and down, came mm -hmm. wrong because they athleticism. They can like just pass and dunk, pass and dunk, fast break and whatever. But in Spain, they don't really got that athleticism, they, right. so they got to, uh, like, search for another way to get to the basket or whatever. So that's why the game is so collective in Europe, because they, they say, we are a team, so we got we to gotta take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So that's why they pass so much. They, every, every position for them matter, and they take, like, five, six passes or whatever. So that, I, that's, that's what I'm going to say about it. Like, the difference is um, American got a Athleticism, incredible athleticism that in Europe they don't got, so yep. they got to search for another way to, to I, play basketball. I agree. I've, like I said, I've spent the year out there, and I've, I've went to like a lot of the Adidas Next Generation tournaments, and I feel like the only, I mean, the French teams have like the athleticism. Exactly. And they then play they, more like Americans. They play more like Americans, but I also feel like sometimes it hurts them because if a guy's playing too much like an American, the scouts talk bad about them yeah. but then I look at Real Madrid's teams they have the athleticism because they're getting guys from different parts of the world and then they they have size and I mean I don't know if you paid attention but this they had like this under 16 team was was crazy I think it's three or four guys that could end up playing in the NBA all right what was the biggest adjustment for you coming to America mm, just the language so was your English, like, did you, mm -hmm. it was okay. So yeah. it's good now. I um, you know. I was able to order some food. So, okay. Yeah. And, but, you know, I can, I, at first when I came, sorry, when I came to United States, I wasn't able to just insist and do an interview like with you right now because mm -hmm. I was afraid of making me stay talking or whatever, you know, and it was the biggest thing for me coming back to America. Really? really? So how, how did you end up on the team in Florida? Um, in Florida? Yeah, when you um, were like 15. Well, 
I was I was in Mexico. I I went out of my family at 13 years old. I went to Mexico NBA Academy. Oh, okay. I was I was learning English over there. So you know, and I remember uh, I coached uh, from Colombia. I decided to come to come to United States because mm -hmm. I, I it always was my dream to uh, come play for the high school in the United States. So I remember talking to him and he say, "I got a friend who." I got a friend who who really likes your game, and he was in Daytona DME Academy. I don't okay. You know about yeah. So I went to DME Academy and I played with Musa Diabate. At Michigan. You know that guy? Yep. Yeah, that guy. So he was playing with Night Riders, and okay. yep. he was going to the camp that they did, and the coach told me, "Okay, you you going with him, so they can see you and see if you can um, be part of their team." So I go. I went up. I went mm, to the game and just killed everybody. And they and love my game. Yeah, they love my game. After that season, uh, after that tournament, UABL, I played in. I played in FIBA U16. Mm -hmm. That's when I went off. Everybody don't that don't know, don't know me was able to like just know my name and whatever. And everybody, I was receiving offers from everybody. I remember Coach uh, Calipari going to the to the game and just to watch me. Michigan, Coach Two, TCU, Miami, uh, Kansas, a lot, of, a lot of scouts over there um, on those game. Yeah, I uh, I, I think it's very interesting because I didn't I didn't know the whole Mexico part. So you. So, DR, Mexico, Florida, yeah, Grand, the Spain, Canary Islands, then back, and, and then yeah. So that's I mean you well travel. Your passport probably stamped up, stamped up crazy. <laughs> I can show you right now. You got a lot of stamps. I got a lot of stamps too. We go stamp for stamp, <laughs> but but uh, no, I mean I'm, I'm obviously older than you, but I just your maturity just, I mean. I mean, I think of guys that have been in the same situation and they couldn't have been, they wouldn't have been able to make it. No matter how talented they are, they would have went. And then during COVID, I, I did not know that you were stuck and you were... Yeah, because there was no flying, you know. Uh, it really it really came from, like, you know, for that part of the world. I was actually in China when it, when it happened. So <laughs> I remember it was, like, day on normal day and I received uh, a message from the group chat they gonna lock they gonna lock up the country, um tomorrow. And I was like, what? Yeah, nobody gonna be able to um be out of um of the apartment or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you gotta be in your room. You gotta be on the apartment playing look whatever you wanna do. But you can be out. So you know, at first I was chilling cause I um, when I was leaving we had a gym um mm -hmm. right next to us so. I was able to go to Regine, take shots during mm -hmm. pandemic, so it was great. You know, suppose it was great. So, but as soon as a personal man, he killed me. It really. was tough. I bet you. You know what's funny? I just thought about it. So I was in China. If he right? wouldn't happen, I think I still will be in Spain. Cause when pandemic comes, man, I was feeling great in Spain. But mm -hmm. as, when the pandemic came, you know. That's what made you yeah, decide. Yeah, he like, hit you know, me. He hit me so bad, for real. What's crazy is, so I was in China when it happened. So I was, I was living in Beijing, and then I came back 
to the States. And I said, oh, I'm going to come back for about three weeks. I think it's going to be over. That's when I went to Chicago for All-Star Weekend. Yeah. So when I first got back, I think I got back like maybe three or four days after Kobe passed away. So I went to L.A. And then from L.A., I uh, stayed there for a couple of days. Then I went here. I live in Dallas. So I went to Chicago. And so I remember at the time thinking, like, nobody knows how bad this thing is. Like, everybody's just kind of moving around like it's, it's, it's no big deal. Mm. And so I was like, it's, it's going to be bad. Because I knew once I landed from China, I, I should have been quarantined. Like, my mm. whole flight, they should have just Being told all of us, you guys are coming from China, where it happened mm. at. But as soon as we landed in LAX, man, we just spread out. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and I was like, okay, this is going to be bad. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, was that the coldest weekend of your life? <laughs> Definitely. Man, it was cold in Chicago yeah. that, that weekend. I know coming from, <laughs> coming from the DR, coming from like Spain, I know that yeah, was probably. Yeah, it was my first time uh, seeing snow. Okay, but uh, it didn't even snow that weekend. It was just cold yeah. it was just cold all right just we'll switch it up a little bit i am the general manager of an nba team i have a first round pick why should i select you why just because my work ethic and mm -hmm. you know i have too much love for this game man uh everybody loved me on my team just because i enjoy the game and how it push them because as soon as i step out on the court I, i'm always yelling i'm always like you know um trying to get you better than you was yesterday. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always, I, I want to be my teammates be better every day, each and every day. Cause I know, I know I can't control myself, but I can't, but I can't control them. So I got to be able to just to, I'm trying to, trying to get them to know that they got improve every day. Yeah. I mean, like, no. You're like laid back, calm and cool, but then there's like a little dog in you once, once, yeah. you, once you get on the court. Does that competitive fire come from being small or kind of like being this guy that you always have to prove yourself because you're from the DR? Do you feel like you have to prove yourself because you're from the Dominican I mean, Republic? You know, actually, me coming from DR, you know, man, in DR, there's a lot of haters too. Yep, haters so, everywhere. <laughs> you got to prove them wrong. And just me coming from nothing, from DR, I got my, my neighborhood tattoo here. Mm -hmm. So me coming from here, um, it just made me who I am today because I've seen a lot of lives. I've seen a lot of people struggling. So being in the top and then just have nothing. So I, and I, I've been saying I don't want to be that guy who got everything to um, be successful in life and then nothing. Mm -hmm. So you know. It. So that, that's how, that's why I, I always tell myself, you got to be better. You got to be better every day. You got to improve as a person and as a player. So, yeah. Last question. Draft night. Adam Silver, I think you're a first-round pick. Adam Silver calls your name. What will that mean to you, your family, and your country? <laughs> well, for me and my family, man, that's something that I always dream about. So it will be great, man. I don't know if I'm I'm gonna cry, and like you can let them, you can let the tears flow because yeah, you put know, in some work to get to that. Point. I don't really cry in front of people, but right. you know that moment is special on whatever slide. Um, you, I I can't even tell you what gonna happen that night, but I I think and my me and my family gonna be so proud of my country too, because there's a lot of people being you know being 
um, testing me every time. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing for the next generation of Dominican basketball. So, yeah, man. It's just something pride from me, from my country, a lot of people, for real. Yeah, man. I mean, it's incredible. Will you be 19 on draft night? No. You still be 18? 18. 18 years old. I'm going to be like uh, 19. Ten days after. Ten days after? Ten days after. So you're born yeah. in July. July third. Okay. I was so. born in July too. So eighteen years old, getting drafted. I mean, has it hit you that you are going to be the biggest if you probably already are the biggest basketball star, not your neighborhood, not your city, but your country. Has that hit you? I've been thinking about it, man. but I just wanna I just want like I've been saying, I just just wanna open door for the Dominican next generation and because I want I want everybody to know them I want I want everybody to give them opportunity that they need to show the world and that's saying man I'm, I'm I'm proud of myself I'm proud of what I'm been doing you know on my career so I just want to be able to show the world who I am who I'm coming from and just uh, give I just want them to give in a look at Dominican talent, man, so they yeah. can give the opportunity. Yeah, I man, you're giving a lot of people hope. You're coming from this country that is not known for basketball, and you had to make this journey from crisscrossing the world to get here. But I imagine if I'm a kid growing up in the DR and I see you, I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Well, this is Gene Montero. I'm a big fan. Like I said, I've been following his journey for the last three years now. And uh, I guess it's two years, but it seems like it's been so long because of the Man. pandemic. Man, thank you for coming on. Thank I appreciate it. Shout out to John Montero, his agents at Young Money Sports for making this interview possible. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm really enjoying getting the opportunity to know these prospects. Have another guest coming up in the very near future. Blake Wesley from Notre Dame will be the next player that I sit down and interview. So once again, thank you for making the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA podcast from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. The Locked On experts will take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis that are affecting all 30 teams. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow and I am out.